Tone Deaf is the journey of a theater nerd, bringing musicals into the life of their musically challenged spouse. This show is rated explicit for mature content and strong language. I'm sorry for me. Spoilers are in every episode, so if you haven't seen the show we are reviewing, you can always check back in later with us. We'll be here when you get back. Welcome to Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd. And I'm Warren. I'm musically challenged. So the title of my notes for this episode makes me think, oh, sci-fi. But no, we're just on to the next Annie versus Annie versus Annie matchup. What do your notes say? Annie, 1999. Oh, you're just thinking like, like, uh, yeah, 2001 like, A Space Odyssey yeah, vibes? Yeah, yeah. 1999, an anony, an anony musical. <laughs> Words are hard this morning. I A space anony. <laughs> <laughs> I've had one cup of coffee, but my brain is not awake, so oh. it will be interesting. Well, because it's fireworks season in Utah, so, you know, our neighbors are setting off mortars every night. You know, it, I will, before we, where we were living previously... The fireworks were not too uh, uh, obscene overall. Mm -hmm. Where we live now, people set off goddamn cannons until (laughs) one in the morning. So fucking crazy. Why? (laughs) (laughs) We get it. We get it. Mormon pioneers discovered Utah at some point or whatever the fuck. I don't even know. I don't even know. Mormon pioneers discovered a land people were already living on. Yeah. Like, ah. I don't I look don't at this get... completely uninhabited land. Excuse me, completely <laughs> uninhabited land. That <sighs> joke was stolen from Eddie Izzard, but stupid pie and beer day. <laughs> I would love pie and beer day. That that's the that's the alternative holiday. Usually it's Pioneer Day, but pie and beer day is for <sighs> those of us who. Uh, don't have as warm fuzzy feelings. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not drinking currently, and yeah. so of course it makes me think. And then my brain is like, "Well, what's the alternative to pie and beer?" It's like, "Well, I'd like whiskey and mozzarella sticks." Seltzer, seltzer. <laughs> so instead, I am drinking Perrier from France. I need Bottled to work, the source. I need to. I need to work on my French accent. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, so this week we are watching the Wonderful World of Disney version of Annie, which was released in 1999. And uh, I have not seen this one since it came out because it was released at a time that I was doing a lot of theater because I started doing theater when I was eight. This 1999, I would have been 11 math is hard yes 11 and so by this point i'm doing like shakespeare festival and stuff so i'm not having time to 
watch TV very often or even watch, like, recorded stuff on VHS very you, often. You were pretty much busy right up until you met me, and then I brought you down like <laughs> and a I boat went, anchor, and I just held you <gasps> in place. Relaxation. What's this? Oh my god, there's a world. There's a world on TV. All these shows that I missed. And then I broadened your horizons to the greater world of video games. Oh my god, it's so wonderful. <laughs> I love video games. I love these video games. Um... <laughs> Anyway, uh, this is the Wonderful World of Disney version of Annie, which was released in 99, and this will star tone-deaf alumnus Victor Garber as Daddy Warbucks, fresh off of his victory in the Jesus vs. Jesus matchup where he beat down Ted Neely. Wait, 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 wait. So Jesus is... Yes, uh, Jesus is Daddy Daddy Warbucks. Warbucks. Yeah. Fantastic. And we'll get into some very Jesus-y stuff he did during the filming of this. Like... I I already love Victor Garber, but like what he does in response to something, I'm just like, God damn, you're a great dude. Um, and so uh, we also have Alan Cumming and Kristen Chenoweth as Rooster and Lily. Um, an interesting thing, Kristen Chenoweth actually auditioned for Annie back when she was a kid, but because her southern accent was so heavy, she didn't get cast, mm-hmm. which... But that bothers me that they, but that's just me. I get mad about the whole, your accent is too heavy. We can't have that. (laughs) Fuck you. Suspension of disbelief, (laughs) goddammit. Counterpoint, Kay. Fuck them. Exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, This is going to be your first look at Audra McDonald, who... uh, She's someone that I want to do an episode on anyway, because I kind of idolize her a little bit. Um, But she's a really amazing black actress. Uh, She had been born in Berlin while her parents were stationed over there. And uh, she uh, married Will Swenson, who's a Utah actor, like Utah-born actor. And I, I follow Audra on Twitter now. Well, not now. I've followed her for a while on Twitter, and she's just so fucking awesome. And it, it was one of those like, "Ah, you're 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 awesome. This is this is great. My idolization is not something like you know. Oh no, you're a bad person. Instead, it's like, yay, you're awesome. <laughs> so that's you know three for three for me because you know we've got idolizing Cure Delay, idolizing Ka Applegate, and idolizing Audra McDonald, and all three are awesome people. So three for three, I win. Yay! <laughs> yay! <laughs> um, and uh, let's see, we have a cameo from Andrea McArdle, who was the original Annie on Broadway. And then Alicia Morton <laughs> is Annie in this one. <laughs> you said that just made me think of that off-Broadway song that you've sung before. <laughs> I'm 30 years old tomorrow, and I haven't worked since I played Annie. When I was ten. <laughs> I just hear, play the original Annie, and that just popped in my head. Um, and uh, the version of Tomorrow that's used in this was actually played in Deadpool 2. Really? Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, and then uh, another actor that's in this that you will know is Ernie Sabella, who was the original Pumbaa from The Lion King. Nice. As in, like, the movie Lion King, not Broadway. Uh, he's going to be Mr. Bundles, 
and then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, you know what? You know what? I'm glad to know that uh, racist Chinese laundry Mr. Bundles is, is still in this. Yes. Um, and perfectly cast as Miss Hannigan is Kathy Bates. Really? Yes. Okay. I, I, I'm looking yes. forward to yes. this. I'm looking Perfectly forward to Perfectly cast. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I do like, I don't mean, you know, I don't know much about Kathy Bates, but I do like what I've seen her in. Mm-hmm. And she does seem, she seems like a nice person. And so yeah. playing, yeah, playing uh, yeah. Miss Hannigan, I'm, I'm looking forward to her being a complete despicable bitch. Yes. And fun fact, she and Victor Garber were both in Titanic. She was in Titanic? Yes, she was the unsinkable Molly Brown. Oh, that's right. Yes. I haven't seen Titanic since I saw it initially in theaters when it came out. Uh, that's how little I cared about that movie, is I saw it once. I mean, yeah. L- biggest grossing movie of all time. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, because they re-released it again, and so it made a shit ton mm. of money again, because James Cameron isn't rich enough. Yeah. And I've only seen that movie once. I lived with somebody who loved that movie and who... Did they love the movie or did they love Leonardo DiCaprio? They loved Leonardo DiCaprio. They loved the first half. And then I loved the part starting with the iceberg. (laughs) Because you would. You're like, here's where history comes in. Because everything before this is just Hollywood. But here... We have some history. I mean, I'm the person who reads NTSB crash logs, like, Mm -hmm. just every so often if I'm, like, having trouble falling asleep. You're morbid, depraved, and (laughs) fucked up, and I love you. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) So, this version uh, is directed by Rob Marshall, who also directed Into the Woods, the Disney version, Mary Poppins Returns, Nine, and Chicago. So, he's... Musical theater director, basically, or musical movie adaptation director. So he's got more experience than John Huston. So I'm thinking, well, hello there, Latte. Hello. She comes running into the office all jingle, jingle, jingle. Jingle, jingle. I don't know if she's just like, just doing a status report. She goes, are you guys talking to nobody again? This is neat. <laughs> now give me scritches, Dad. Um, yes. What was I going to say? So nine... Help me out with that because I know it's not what I'm thinking no, of. No, no, it is not what you're thinking of. It's another musical, oh, so it is. Okay. It is not the uh, doll that is in the af- in the uh, afterman times. Okay. Apocalypse number that's nine. That's what it is. Number nine. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Because in my head, I'm thinking, okay, musical, musical, animated <laughs> apocalypse movie, musical. So I'm just like, well, that's some. No, no. Differences? <laughs> different, different thing. Um, this will also be the closest version of the movies uh, to the stage version. It only removes a few songs and avoids putting in songs created for the 1982 version, thank Garber. Um, <laughs> and, and, and remember you talking about there's no asp and poon job in this? Yeah, no asp, no poon job. It is pretty much the stage version, but in movie form um and it it is stuff is removed because this is made for tv this wasn't a made for theatrical release or something so it has to be within a time frame you got to remember that commercials were being put in at places here because again tv um 
This version was done in direct response to the previous success for Wonderful Wonderful World of Disney with Cinderella, which we're eventually going to watch because it's fucking awesome and it will also be another head-to-head competition and I think I know which one will win. (laughs) But am I really that predictable? Am I just really... I, you know, I don't want to be predictable, but there's certain <laughs> things that I like and certain things that I fucking despise. I mean, one is Julie Andrews, which is awesome, but the other is Brandy and Whitney Houston and Whoopi Goldberg and... <laughs> I mean, yeah, fair. Fair. Damn. It's kind of like I'm sitting here going... I think that the 1982 one has lost, but it's, I kind of am thinking that I will be surprised if you don't pick the 2014 one out of all of these. Oh, with Annie is what you're saying. Yeah, with Annie. You were talking about Cinderella and then you jumped back to Annie. But I just, I I don't know. You you have a type with these musicals, which is fine. (laughs) It is perfectly fine. I mean, you and I will disagree on stuff, Mm -hmm. but... I don't know. I like what I like. Mm. and Yeah, no, it's no judgment. It's just I, I think I know your type. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, I don't I don't I don't want to confirm nor deny. <laughs> um, but I will say, however, that Disney being Disney Things weren't all sunshine and roses with this one. So remember how Audra (laughs) McDonald is Grace, Victor Garber is Warbucks, and Audra McDonald is Black. And remember how it's 1999 and it's Disney. So this is from Audra McDonald. We were filming Annie, and we shot the scene where Daddy Warbucks gives Grace Farrell the ring, and it's lovely, and then we get word we have to come in on a Saturday to do reshoots. (gasps) They took me aside, and it turns out that Disney might be a little uncomfortable, or the powers that be. I don't know if it was Disney or ABC. I don't know. There might be some issues with Daddy Warbucks actually marrying Grace. I was devastated. It was one of those things where, you know, you're starting to feel good. You're starting to feel like, oh, there's really change coming. Things are happening. Here I am playing this role and it's Annie, but nobody cares and it's wonderful. Fuck that. Fuck that so hard. And this is where Victor Garber goes full Jesus because he's having (laughs) none of it. So Uh he intentionally fucks up the reshoot. Nice. And uh, director Rob Marshall also was like, oh, we're not going to do more than one take. I guess it sucks, Disney. You'll have to use the scene with Grayson Warbucks getting hitched, so fuck yourself, Mouse. Nice. So they, yeah. did they keep that they in? They kept it in because <laughs> they intentionally so, fucked it up. Oh, my God. So the good good on the <laughs> cast, mm-hmm. man. Good on the cast being like, no, yes. we want to have this in. Yes. And fuck you if it makes you uncomfortable, you racist piece of shit. Yeah. That right there is called allyship. And it's why Victor Garber is the superior Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. I I adore Victor Garber. So, and that just like rose him up even more on a pedestal. Oh. <laughs> Side note, though, I still 
it still really, really makes me laugh that he also was the douchebag attorney in Legally Blonde. Yes. Because I just, because I like that guy. I like him a lot. And then you see him in that role and it's just, oh, how you've fallen, Jesus. <laughs> Sometimes you live long enough to become the villain. If you don't die the if hero, you, you live mm-hmm. long enough to become the villain. Yep. That's how the phrase goes. See, I've only had one cup of coffee too, so I'm... I'm amazed that I'm powering through reading these notes and that it's not incomprehensible garbage. <laughs> and Latte's being really cute. For people who hear Latte in the background, Latte is scavenging through uh, torn up boxes of hers looking for crumbs of cookies. Yep. Because she ate all of her dinner. And so she... <laughs> <laughs> She's like, God damn it, there's bound to be a cookie hidden somewhere around here. I will find it and I will eat it. She it also just likes to tear up the Kleenex boxes because those are the most fun. So funny side note, when uh, whenever we're done with a box of Kleenex in our office or whatever and we're removing the plastic, Latte hears it and she will just come immediately in and just wait for the box. Yeah. She's like, I want the box. I want to shred the box. Um, but uh, so this was the uh, the original airing of this wonderful World of Disney episode was on November 7th of 1999. And it becomes the second most viewed after the aforementioned Cinderella which is uh, what I'm saving our wonderful world of Disney history lesson for is with Cinderella. Since, you know, that's where it kind of went, was the most popular was that one. Like, most popular in recent history. Um, uh, refresh my mind. Um, when we did, uh, uh, fuck, what's it called? The... Damn it! I hate I hate that I have to <laughs> use the wrong title because I can't remember the correct one. Oh, I just barely remembered it. Once upon a mattress. That yes. was also wonderful. World of yes, Disney, right? That was. Okay, but not nearly as popular as Annie and Cinderella. So there's that. <laughs> um, but with all that being said, shall we hop in and watch Annie on the Mouse's streaming service? <laughs> yes. Let's. Uh... <laughs> Let's watch Annie. Let's watch. Let's watch what was potentially the mouse's uncomfortable black and white mixing mm-hmm. going on. Yeah, the... in front of children of all things. Kay, I just I sit here and I'm just like, wow, Disney. Like I know that you have a racist track record, but Jesus Christ, <laughs> or or ABC. But honestly. They're the same thing because Disney owns ABC, so. Mm-hmm. And I think at the time they did too. Like, I, I would have to look it up, but I'm pretty sure that by 99, Disney, if they didn't fully own it, they partly owned it. They had like a, yeah, they had a, a yeah. share in it. Yeah, because, like I mean, uh, yeah, Disney had, Disney still has a racism issue, but man, it used to be bad. Like, Disney likes to pretend that they're more progressive than they really yeah, are. Yeah, they they ain't progressive. They ain't, they the put on a front. People working, yeah, people at working at Disney are, but, but the company, mm-mm. oh so. hell no, oh hell no. But anyway, yeah. So anyway, let's hop in and uh, party like it's nineteen ninety nine. Party like it's Annie, nineteen ninety nine. Because in nineteen ninety nine, remember the world was gonna end. So, it it didn't end <laughs> thanks to people like my mom. <laughs> oh. 
Well, it wouldn't have ended anyway. No. I mean, shit would have been fucked up. But yeah. People like my mom did a lot of work. And so whenever I see people going, why do people make such a big deal? It's like, it didn't happen. So you can thank my mom. Because people worked very hard. People it, worked very hard to make things compliant. Go watch the movie Office Space, because they will talk about that. The 2000 changeover. Yeah, no, they there was a lot of work done, and I remember my mom working really long hours to make sure that everything was compliant for credit unions. So, you know, I get, I get a little bitter. I get a little <laughs> bitter when people poo-poo all of the stuff with Y2K. But what like, did your mom do to prevent planes from just falling out of the sky? Well, okay, she didn't work on that <laughs> side of things, but you've got money now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... Your credit union still exists. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I have money go into my checking account, and then it goes into the bill pay account. So I get to see it come in and then go. But your financial institution get, works. So you I can get thank Mama K. I get to wave at it as it passes me by. Bye, money. <laughs> oh, capitalism. <sighs> Ooh, speak. That's a good segue. Let's go watch a a uh, titan of capitalism adopt a uh, victim of capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Hey, Warren. Hey, Kay. Do you know what time it is? Is it time to thank our Patreon sponsors? It is! Woo! We would like to thank our stage crew sponsors, Jeff, Reagan, and Jasmine Wu. And our producer circle sponsors, Jesse, Bianucci, and Taylor Brandt. Thank you all so much for your continued support of our show. We truly appreciate it. Feeling better for me is top priority, mentally, physically, and emotionally. They all work together. Talking about the things that we all may experience, but just don't quite know how to say, really opens up some new dialogue and perspective. That's the goal here. Sometimes you gotta see yourself a little bit better and leave yourself alone because there are other people who see you for exactly who you are. And that's all good. We stay elevated here. But even Dr. Jekyll had a dark side. I mean, who doesn't love a good story to make the hairs on their arms stand up? I started to walk a little faster, just figuring if it was probably someone trying to scare me. It was like a hazing, but this didn't feel right. Night Owl is the hangout for those horror fans looking for a little bump in the night. Monday motivation, Friday frights. We like balance here, and the Bird Brain Podcast has it all. Take flight. Sleep tight. Now, the lights are going down and the music's starting back up, so let's head back to the second act of our show. So, how does this stack up to what we saw last week? That, uh, that film adaptation that was bizarre as fuck compared to this. So, I might, we might have some conflicting opinions a bit, because this, God, it sounds really weird. Mm-hmm. I think, well, damn it, it's it's really hard, because there were aspects of this one that 
hands down, I liked way better. Mm-hmm. But there were aspects of the other one that I liked better. Yeah. Like, for me, the biggest thing I did not like about the 1982 one is just the, the racist portrayal of, of Asp and Punjab, mm-hmm. as well as the stupid uh, uh, movie scene mm-hmm. that really wasn't good. Yeah. Those three scenes are what bothered me the most out of that version. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um I thought it was it was, you know, pretty decent overall. Mm-hmm. Um this one is shorter. Yes. So they the pa- the pacing on it is definitely a tiny bit rushed. Yeah, cuz they have to for TV. Yeah, they have to. But that also kind of serves to the show's detriment in mm-hmm. the last act. Mm-hmm. It is super rushed. Yeah. And granted, in the other version, it's it's drawn out. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not it's not a uh, uh, optimal in either. They respect. haven't struck a balance. Yeah, there it. is no balance in either respect. Uh, but I'll get into it with my notes. But for me. Uh, uh, this version, the 1999 version, kind of falls apart towards the end. Yeah. And I, I, it's kind of funny because I haven't seen the 2014 version since we saw it together years Mm -hmm. ago. And I'm sitting here going, you know, because I didn't know what to expect from the other two, but I'm just kind of going, well, I gotta see that one again. But right now, neither one of these two... Are, are as good. <laughs> are sitting in an optimum spot, you know? Interesting. They're, they're both kind of middle ground for me, for mm-hmm. different reasons. Mm-hmm. For different reasons, they're both middle ground. Yeah. So, let's That's talk about it. That's an interesting... I'm, I'm curious to see now. We'll talk about yeah. it. Yeah. So, Annie, 1999, Wonderful World of Disney. So this version opens up with paintings and stuff of 1930s New York instead of pretending that 1980s New York is really 1930s <laughs> New York. So, good job, Disney. <laughs> Eventually, the paintings become a real set and we see the streets of 1930s New York and a red-headed girl looking out onto the street as a girl starts crying out, Mommy! Daddy! Mommy! Daddy! And so Mommy Daddy Annie comes over to comfort the kid (laughs) as the others are beating up on the poor girl. Annie comes to the girl's defense and beats off the others. Um... Shit. Phrasing? Uh... (laughs) Anyways, the other kids are mocking the crying girl because all... (laughs) being all, we don't have mommies and daddies and we never will. And then Annie talks about how Actually, she does have parents. They left this note. And the other jerky girls start to mock Annie as she's reading the note her parents left because they've heard it so many times by now. Mm -hmm. Annie politely asks the jerky girls if they want to keep their teeth, uh, sleep with their teeth inside their mouth or outside (laughs) and tells them to go get some sleep before Hannigan wakes up from her drunken stupor to assault them. (laughs) Little, little, I, I kind of jumped the, the, the gun on that one. <laughs> Annie sings the sad girl to sleep with the maybe song. And afterwards, Annie is like, you know what? Fuck this. And grabs her few meager belongings and decides to leave the orphanage and go look for her parents. Annie stealths away into the night and does her best impression of a Skyrim lockpicking minigame, but is... <laughs> 
is busted by the town guard or orphan guard, Miss Hannigan. And Annie pre- as and uh, and Annie prepares for her beating, but Hannigan is like, "Have I ever hit any of you?" And Annie is like, "No, but you've threatened it, which is worse." And uh I, uh, I might have an unpopular opinion here, but I would rather be threatened with violence than actually have violence. So I don't know if this is Disney being Disney, but anyways. <laughs> Hannigan tells Annie that the orphanage might suck, but the world out there blows. And if that, and she's doing the, and she's doing her a favor by keeping her here, and calls Annie a rotten orphan. After bringing her back to the orphan room, she's like, Welcome back, Annie, who tried to escape. You're all being punished with chores. Clean, clean, you dirty, dirty orphans. And we get the Hard Knock Life song, and it fucking slaps in this version. Doesn't it? It's it, so much better. It for... is really good. Yeah. It just, it, yeah. Uh, that shit slaps. <laughs> it is really good in this version. I mean, not that it wasn't, not that it wasn't okay mm-hmm. in the other version, but this version is just noticeably more just yeah no it it really and i i feel like the 1982 version tends to stretch out songs that don't need to be stretched out this one they pretty much play this song straight for how it is on stage which again is why on stage this show is really fucking popular because Mm -hmm. you know this song slaps on stage too it's really good it's why i really wish covid cases were a little bit lower so i felt safe going into a theater Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah it's so good so good it really is so anyways mr bundles comes in and he's not an asian he's also uh he also has it bad for Hannigan and wants to take her out. Instead of Hannigan throwing herself at Bundles for a role in the dirty laundry truck. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Bundles delivers the orphans their clean sheets for the month and leaves with the, the yeah, and leaves with the dirty laundry. The kids fall into line and Hannigan takes roll call, I guess, but then is like, "Where's Annie?" And the kids are all giggling, being like, "Ha ha ha ha." Mr. Bundles rolled Annie out in the laundry. Ha 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 And Hannigan <laughs> runs out after Bundles, yelling about how she could lose her license. Bundles, come back! Annie, you shit! And I like how Kathy Bates does Miss Hannigan better. It's... We might have some disagreements. Well, uh, so my reasoning is just because with her... And it maybe it's more just the writing is better because the eighty two one, they kind of flanderize Miss Hannigan a little bit, where they go, oh she's a drunk, oh she's throwing herself on people. They they make her very unrealistic as a villain. Whereas with this, she has these moments where she's like, her motivation is I will lose my license, not. I just want to beat up kids. It's, I got this job that I really hate, but it's the Great Depression, and this is work. Work is work. It's, she's a little bit more easy to go, okay, I can see why you're the way you are in this version. It's sort of a cool motive, still child abuse, but in the other one, they just have her be a 
bit too over the top. I think Kathy Bates brings it in a little bit and the writing for Kathy Bates to work with does the same thing where uh, you do get these moments where she brings it down a little bit. She isn't always up here like Carol Burnett was where Carol Burnett was over the top the entire time, never really had any quiet moments as Miss Hannigan. And Little Girls, I actually like better with Kathy Bates than I do with Carol Burnett because I look at Miss Hannigan in the 82 one and I see the kid's idea of a bad guy. I look at Kathy Bates' version and I see the I can see why this woman is the way she is. And I, I don't know. She felt more real in this version than Miss Hannigan in the other one. That's very fair. That's very yeah. fair. And I, I yeah, I, I do agree with that. I yeah. do agree with that. She's not, uh, she's not a caricature. Yeah, kind of she's thing. not a caricature. She, they well round, and that's kind of the case with the stage show is that all of the characters are well-rounded to where it's like, okay, you get their motivations, you understand why they're the way they are, so on and so forth. Whereas with the 82 version, because realizing that it was John Huston who directed and he never directed a musical before or after that, <laughs> I'm kind of like, okay, I can see where your issue, where the issues come from. Whereas with this one, um, the... Directing is done by somebody who does musicals, who has experience doing musical theater and doing musical direction. Um, it, it's it's just something that I think gives this one a little bit of a leg up, is that characters that get improved get improved very well for me. And see, I think my perspective is that I feel like because it's being done by Disney, mm -hmm. there's a bit of an overcorrection. There's a bit of a over-sanitizing. There is to an extent, but at the same time... Which I have an, the... odd, I have an odd point about later, how, how they over-sanitize a lot of it, except when it comes to, like, and I'll talk about it later with an aspect, but like with Hannigan, I absolutely agree with you. This Hannigan is a more believable character yes. that occupies in this universe. She, yeah. she seems more real. You can see her as an actual person, mm -hmm. uh, not a caricature, which, which Carol Burnett's one really was a caricature. Like yeah. she did a great job. And mm -hmm. I think that it was, she did. I but... think it was maybe her over the top portrayal of that character even though she's a despicable character, I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Whereas Hannigan, Hannigan, um, I don't know. Hannigan is like this is a more quiet, reserved malice kind of and thing. And it's worse. And it's, and it's, it's, I don't know. It's different. Like I, I, I kind of, I kind of wish that. And then again, I guess the issue that I'm having with this version, the 1991 99 oh yeah sorry thank you 99 is is the you know because we had the one extreme with the 1982 one and then i feel like we have the other extreme with the 1999 there's no middle ground mm -hmm. to occupy it it's either she's hannigan is either a a drunken cock hungry whore who throws mm -hmm. herself at 
every man she encounters and is, yeah. per, you know, consistently, perpetually drunk. Or, Hannigan, we only ever see her pull out a bottle of alcohol once. Mm-hmm. And she, rather, you know, when a guy is hitting on her, she's just like, ma'am, saving myself for warbucks, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. She's she's more prudish and standoffish. And, yeah, I don't know. Because I, she's... She is more of an adult fear for me because the Hannigan of 82 is kid fear. It is. Which, yeah. But Hannigan of 99 is adult fear because as a kid, you're kind of like, well, I don't get that. And then as an adult, it's like, oh, no, I would I would rather deal with the Hannigan that's screaming and drunk and stuff because she shows herself to be very ineffective. Mm hmm. Whereas this Hannigan, I'm like, she's willing to have Annie get killed by the end. Yeah, which I'll, which I'll bring about. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's a quiet evil, and that's a scarier evil. It's, it's just, yeah, it's and a weird kind of imbalance. And that's probably Kathy Bates acting, too, because she's so good at that. I, oh, I do have a, I do have a hard time not seeing her as kathy bates from misery yeah you yeah. know i do still kind of i'm like oh when's she gonna pull out the sledgehammer mm. you know yeah and so it, it does kind <laughs> of add a level if you've seen that then as an adult you're just like oh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or she is gonna at- tell you that you should have bought a squirrel <laughs> from rat race <laughs> yeah Oh, so yeah, I I absolutely mm-hmm. get where you're coming from, and that does yeah. uh, that does change my perspective a bit. Um, yeah, I I yeah yeah, it's it's fair. It's like, it, and it's so funny because all of the people in this are like in the main cast are stage actors, and usually you have a hard time with, and I know this from my own experience. Stage acting is so different from film acting, usually it's hard to tone down that film acting, or it tone down that stage acting to film acting. Everybody in this did it very well. <laughs> and it's kind of interesting that Carol Burnett never turned hers down. Kathy Bates turned hers down. Mm-hmm. Both of them were stage actors first. That's fair. And so it's just, it's interesting to see that difference. It's good. Yeah, good, good, good observation there because that's something that you know I do. It's, yeah. yeah, it's it's because I I have trouble toning down sometimes well, for film. Well, and you have that perspective too because you've done both. Yeah, you're, you're direct. You're a both film major. As well. You're a film major, and but you've worked in theater, and, mm-hmm. and and we've talked about it before, just with film adaptations and stuff like that. Just because the camera's closer and therefore mm-hmm. the audience is closer, it's easier to have those quiet moments because Mm -hmm. you can still convey emotion but with stage you can't because there's people way in the back yeah and they they do a good job with the balance for me at least in this one with the quiet moments and that may just be that that's the strength of the director the writer and the actors are those quiet moments because uh audra mcdonald you haven't seen because I can't find it anywhere, but she was the original Sarah in Ragtime. And she is so good at quiet moments. In fact, I wish I could find the version of her in the musical that will not be named because that might change our perspective of that musical. No, never. Because she plays the lead in it. I don't give a shit. (laughs) I don't... 
carousel can burn in hell. <laughs> and that rhymes because it should. Okay, anyways. So as Hannigan runs out of the building, the orphans start a pillow fight, and the feathers break out and they fly around, leading to a transition shot of snow falling outside. And we see Annie walking the streets, asking strangers if they've seen her parents. <laughs> uh, silly orphan. <laughs> Anyways, Annie goes to the corner, cor- corner corn vendor. <laughs> That's harder to say than I thought it would be. And is like, boy, that sure does smell good. I sure wish I had a nickel so I could eat. And the vendor is like, yeah, yeah, people in hell want ice water and kids in orphanages want parents. <laughs> the vendor drops a nickel handed to him by a customer and Annie takes that moment to pull in Aladdin and steals a piece <laughs> of corn and bolts. Annie finds a nice quiet spot to eat her corn, but then she sees a dog being arrested by the dog police and the dog <laughs> escapes and steals Annie's corn, and steals Annie's stolen corn. And she's like, hey, easy come, easy go. And then the dog lays down in Annie's lap, and Annie's like, what's wrong? You can't eat stolen corn, but you can slobber all over it so I can't eat it? <laughs> or are you sad because you're also looking for your parents? And then the song goes in, and then Annie goes into singing the Tomorrow song to the mm-hmm. dog. As the street rat duo are getting ready to leave, a cop stops them and is like, Hey, I haven't seen yous around here with your doggies before. I'ma turn that mutt in for the internal slumbers. And Annie does this whole, No, that's my dog, but you haven't seen me because I don't get out very often. And the dog's name is Sandy. That's right, on account of his sandy coat. Come here, Sandy. Come on, doggy. And the cop is like, All right. Make sure you gets that dog's a collar and a leash, or that dog is going to be sleepings with the fishes. Capiche? Because <laughs> the cop is now a mobster, I've decided. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I mean, what What are police other than taxpayer-funded organized crime? Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyways, a bit later. Oh, uh, anyways, it's a bit later now, and it's nighttime. And the cops come to harass some street millionaires who are holding a meeting outside around a barrel fire because their mansions are under renovations. Anyways, the cops are like, hey, move it so we're going to be keeping the peace all over yous with these peacekeeping sticks. I do wish that this could have had the song that's in this part on Broadway that's, uh, I don't know, like, there are songs that I feel... I miss in this, but I understand that it had to be an hour and a half because TV. But dear God, I mean, we had all of Peter Pan and that was for TV. Granted, that was TV in the 50s, but still, like, come on, stop abridging musicals. Give us the whole damn thing. Well, remember, if if modern day and the future, if modern day entertainment and future perceptions of entertainment have taught us anything it's that the commercial to entertainment pipeline is going to eventually shrink to the point where it's mostly commercials with very little entertainment and then we're just going to be watching commercials for our entertainment we'll we'll start getting it where in the middle of a musical they'll be like you know (laughs) i really like this perrier it's it's crisp it's refreshing it's straight from the source all this perrier since 1863. It's been delightful. 
let's sing a song about Perrier. Oh. It'll it'll be right back to the Gracie Allen show. Oh, honey, I gotta. Sh- uh, uh, yeah, let 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 me, the white man, teach you how to do a proper <laughs> ad read. Jesus. Oh man, all this talking about our podcast sure is making my throat dry. Oh, I'm so glad I have this cold, refreshing Perrier from the source. French <laughs> story since 1863. Just one sip. <laughs> So cold and refreshing, the way that it, ah, words cannot truly describe. Thanks, Perrier. <laughs> we need to watch the George Burns and Gracie Allen show so that you can see just how close you were to the ad pivots that you really? used to have to do. Oh, man. I remember watching it just being like, Holy shit, this would have made me so mad back in the day. Man, when I'm trying to be a chode, it turns out that other people have been oh. chodes professionally. Oh, back back in the 50s, like, that was how commercials were. That was how they were. It's horrible. Back to our regularly scheduled ranting. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, the, uh, the, state sh- the state-sanctioned mobsters... Are telling the street millionaires to get out of here because they're loitering, and uh, they're gonna peacekeep all over their faces with their peacekeeping sticks. Hmm. And then where was? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And as the raggedy millionaires are leaving, the cop from earlier spots the girl and her dog from earlier, and is like, "Hey, where's his license?" and gives chase. Annie and Sandy split up, so the cops, so so the cops have to as well. And the cop eventually catches Annie and takes her right back to loving Hannigan, who attempts to blow, who doesn't attempt to blow the officer right in front of the orphanage, because <laughs> Disney. But instead, the cop is like, if you'd see this here dog, give me a call so we can kills it. Mm. Hannigan takes Annie back in and locks her in her room and is like, you stay here while I think about your punishment. And then she leaves and gets minorly assaulted by the miners. <laughs> Just like in the 18, or, 18, 1982 version. Hannigan then goes to her bedroom and does the Little Girls, Little Girls song. And in this version, I think uh, it's I think it is missing Hannigan being a drunkard, but I get it because Disney, I guess. I don't know. The, I, there are times that I do kind of feel like this version could do a little bit more with Hannigan like at nighttime or whatever, like mm-hmm. like being a little bit more debaucherous mm-hmm. to an extent. Like I said, I, yeah. I feel like there's not a good middle ground because it's Disney. No. They swing to the made for TV and we're Disney and mm-hmm. we don't do anything naughty except talk about murdering children. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, it's, it's, it, there is more of a middle ground when someone does it on stage for sure. Because I I have not seen a stage version where they go completely to the level of Carol Burnett, but I also generally see it a little bit more than Kathy Bates. But Less sanitized way, than Kathy Bates. Yeah, but the way that she acts it, you still are going, this woman 
should not be in oh, charge no. of children. <laughs> yeah, I don't want my criticism to be yeah. uh, taken as criticism of Kathy Bates' performance. Yeah, no, she does what she could. She does a great job, and mm. if anything, you know, uh, uh, it's criticism of Disney, because yeah. I sure do love criticizing Disney. Yeah, they deserve it for what they tried to do with this one. But after the Little Girl's Little Girl's song, Hannigan decides that Annie's punishment is to clean this whole dump with a dirty toothbrush. But before Annie can get to work, Grace Farrell comes in to do the whole, Hi, I'm the assistant of the richest man in the world who wants to show an orphan the good life for a couple of weeks before dumping them back into the wilds of New York. <laughs> I think I'll take this one. Thank you. Bye. And since mm. Grace is a busy woman, she settles on the first orphan she sees and is like, This one. I'll take this one. Bye. <laughs> and, uh... This one, this version, I think does a better job in that scene than the yeah. other one because yeah. the other one it I draws it out. It, yeah, the, the, it's like the like as yeah, like we've talked about the 1982 version draws out too much where it doesn't need to, and then this version because of time constraints condenses too much. Yeah, yeah, um, and this scene I feel is okay in this version. But also, I'm just too busy staring at Audra McDonald, just going, you are so pretty. <laughs> She's a very pretty black lady. Mm-hmm. So, Annie gets to work. You said pretty twice. <laughs> just saying. Um, oh, yeah. What was I going to say with this one? Um, 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 um. That's not important. Anyways, Annie gets to the Warbucks Manor and does the whole... I think I'll clean the floors before the windows. And Grace does the whole, no, no, no. You're here to have a taste of the good life so that when you go back to your dirt pile, you'll be even <laughs> more depressed knowing that you'll never, ever reach these heights ever again. And then we get the, this mansion is so freaking sweet. <laughs> complete with dancing maids and servants. The song ends with Annie bumping into Lex Luthor. I mean, Jesus Luthor. I mean, Jesus Warbucks. I mean, Lex Warthor Bucks. <laughs> Anyways, he's pretty good at having laser eyes and looking at Annie with complete... I don't know. Murder? Disregard? Yeah. Just, just like, yeah. get this thing away from me. And this, I don't know, this might be an unpopular opinion. I really liked... The Warbucks mm -hmm. of the 1982 version. Mm -hmm. I, I, for one, I think he looked better bald. I have yeah, a hard this time. This is a bald cap on Victor Garber. I have a hard time with Victor Garber bald. He, he just doesn't look right. Mm -hmm. He looks way too much like he's trying to be Lex Luthor in a Superman <laughs> made-for-TV movie or something. He looks like he's trying to be a villain. He doesn't look like he just is bald because time... Mm -hmm. Well, time and genetics. And I I liked the other uh, uh, Daddy Warbucks because he had... A, he had a very powerful voice when he did his thing. Just take it away! Just He mm -hmm. had a... He had, he had a uh, the, the, the grandeur of a man who felt like he owned the world and yeah. had all this power, whereas this Warbucks is much more soft-spoken. Mm -hmm. He seems, I don't know, he seems more like a contemporary businessman rather yeah. than like a businessman of the 30s. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that criticism might be completely just, I don't know, it's, again, uncultured swine. <laughs> this is my personal preference. 
I understand that I am wrong 90% of the time when it comes to musicals, <laughs> but it's just my opinion. I will say that, like, I do miss the bombastic moments of uh, Albert Finney's Warbucks, but I do like when Victor Garber does a quiet moment. He does quiet moments so well. Victor Garber is a fan. Like, that's a, and it's another situation. It's just like with Kathy Bates. Fantastic mm-hmm. actors. So my criticism is not necessarily yeah. of anything that they're doing wrong. It's just, the it's, I don't know, in my, like, in my opinion, it's just kind of the right tool for the right job kind mm-hmm. of situation. You know, um, and... Like he, I know you, I know you said the name of the guy from Albert Finney. Thank you, Albert Finney, because he's so loud and authoritative when he has his quiet moments. It is a very different mm-hmm. shift. Whereas when we first get him, when we first get, uh, uh, God damn it, Victor you, Garber, you say people's names and then I'll say their <laughs> name and then it immediately goes out of my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Victor Garber, because when we see him. His first introduction, he isn't particularly loud. He isn't particularly quiet. He's just kind of that normal. He's cold. He's cold. Yes, that's yeah. ex- excellent. He's cold. And yeah, very good. Very good. He's extremely... Okay, that's that's, the, that's where his shift that's is. That's the difference between the two. We have one who is loud that learns to be quiet, and we have, have one that is cold mm-hmm. that learns to be warm. Yeah. So it's just an entirely different take on the Warbucks character. So, yeah, and his yeah. his switch, I feel, and again, it's probably because of the song that the switch happens in, in the previous, in, in the 82 version, I feel like the switch does is kind of awkward at times. Yeah. Whereas with this one, it's a very, you see the chips fall away. Like, the first chip falls away with uh, the whole... Oh, I'm gonna watch. Well, first the the first chip falls away with Grace being like, "Oh, your image," and he's just, "Oh, that's right, okay." And you can kind of see he still has that wall up, and then you have her watching him, and a little bit of a chip falls off, but not very much. And then you get the, "Oh, I've never been through New York City," and that's where you start getting like he starts to forget that crafted persona. And then as you have the whole NYC number, because that number is the number that's supposed to be the, this is where Daddy Warbucks has his change, is because he's enjoying his time with this little girl and with his assistant. And in the 82 movie, they do it weird. And I think part of it is because they didn't want to do the Broadway thing, they wanted to take a little girl to a romance movie that's all tragedy, which is weird as fuck. <laughs> they also, wherever, the, the other 18, 1982 version also has the uh, the Bolshevik assassination attempt yeah, and, yeah. The, uh, and the Punjab levitating thing. Yeah. So that one, like, they, they, with this, with, the, with that one, I felt like they at least showed a couple different days they did. where yeah. with this one it to me it feels like it's like all in one day it feels yeah. and again it's the time constraint thing it yes. feels like it's rushed it doesn't feel like it shows her watching him work and then the next day showing watching him work and mm-hmm. like it it doesn't it doesn't convey a sufficient passage of time 
to chip away at this guy's emotional walls so that he mm. can feel for this child. Where I feel like the other version did show that time. However, that Warbucks only cared because Grace cared. Yeah. So his thing is, it's just... It's not him learning to care. It's him caring because Grace cares. Yeah, and Whereas then he starts to care. this one, he starts to care all on his own. He starts to care all on his own, but I just feel like that the, it happens really quickly. Yeah, which, kind of, which fits with the comic, but... <laughs> yeah, fair, um, fair. And but I, mean... I, I also am trying to remember how much time passes in the stage version. Because, like I said, this is closer to the stage version than the 82 one is. And I I can't remember, because they also have him kind of being, like, very, okay, you can watch me work for a few minutes, but then get mm-hmm. out. Then get the yeah, out. Yeah, and she's just staying, and so... But I'd really like to keep watching you work. Yeah, yeah, and so that's kind of, I think, their way of trying to balance that. Um, they also give Annie, actually, more time with Warbucks in this than they do in the original or in the 82 because in the in the 82 she's only there for a week that's the time period that's right he does say in this one for the holidays yeah this one it's two weeks did they say two weeks they say two weeks so i missed that part because i didn't i yeah i didn't yeah so they don't show it as much because time constraints but they do establish that she's going to be with him longer which i'm kind of like that is how you have foster failures. That is how you end up with, okay, yeah, you're you're mine now. Yeah. Just like just yeah. like having a foster parrot that you're going, oh, that I'm just going to be fostering you, and now you're mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you heard and it here. Parrots are like kids. Parrots are like kids. That's why uh, you shouldn't enter into having one lightly because you've got a child for eighty years. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and and like, like I said. Uh, with this, with these two versions, they're very different. And when you're talking about uh, the stage version, my criticisms might also ha- be with just mm-hmm. this show and the yeah. way that they, yeah. they portray certain things. It may not necessarily be between the two versions. It may be mm-hmm. that I have criticisms with Annie, the show. In general. And so. that could be it, because... Uh, there are things that are kind of a constant through all of these, and then there are things that they do differently. Uh, some are choices in the actor, like, again, Albert Finney is loud and then quiet, whereas Victor Garber is cold then warm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grace is just always good. Just, I don't know, always good in the <laughs> shows. Um, the Annie in this is a lot more sweet. She is. She she's, is. She's not a street brawler. No, she is just this sweet kid. Because <laughs> I think that having the soft moments with her and Sandy were better for me than the moments with her and Sandy. Oh, they were in, they were horrible yeah, to the dog in yeah, the other in one. Yeah, in the 82 one. I'm just like, wow, I don't fucking care yeah. about this kid right now. Yeah, because they're... <laughs> Fuck you, you fucking dog. Yeah, Boy, you whereas, fucking suck. The, this one, she's like, oh, you took my corn. Well, that's yeah. okay. You also don't have parents, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, and I'm thinking about Victor's performance in this one. And and uh, because he is, he is such a very good actor that when he has those warm moments, you believe him. Mm-hmm. You, you see it in him. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's, 
yeah, it's it's they're they're both good for di- well aspects are, are both, both good, good for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah, okay. So uh, yes. Speaking of the NYC number and all <laughs> yeah. That. So Annie has just met Jesus Warbucks, uh, the richest. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's being cold towards Annie. Annie follows Warbucks into his office where he's looking at papers and doing 1930s richest person in the world stuff. <laughs> the scene changes to Warbucks on the phone with the president. And due to Annie's angel and, and due to Annie being his angel on his shoulder, he invites the president to Christmas dinner at his place. Because the president's like, oh, I'll be in New York anyway. Mm-hmm. It then becomes discussed that Annie has never seen New York because of being cooped up at the orphanage. So Warbucks and Grace go out on the town and, like, have ice cream and buy Annie a big teddy bear and shine shoes. And we see a Broadway show and stuff. And then in the Broadway show, Kay points out that the original Annie who was on Broadway is in this version playing a different character from a different show. Which Mm -hmm. is cool to see. And boy, can she sing. Yep. And I love the little touch that they have with Annie shining the shoe shiner's yeah, shoes. Yeah, that was a really nice touch because you have yeah. Grace and Warbucks getting their shoes shined, and then you have the shoe shiner kid getting his shine his shoes shined by Annie, mm-hmm. and it was just a really cute yeah touch. Yeah, and uh, that one, uh, I will say one thing too that this sparked a memory. Uh, they do rush some stuff because they. The cabinet scene from the movie is in the stage play where they go to see, Washington. Yeah, they go to Washington. They sing tomorrow with FDR, all of that. That is in the stage play. But because of time, they had to cut that scene, which is too bad because I like that scene. I do like that scene, too, actually. Yeah. So, anyways, after the NYC song and they're in the carriage, Annie sees Sandy and is like, Please, oh please, can we keep Sandy? They're my very bestest friend ever! And Grace is like, Well, you did always want a dog, sir. And Warbucks is like, Ah, sure. And then Warbucks sings to Annie, and it's very cute. And we see Annie get tucked in. And this is the part you're talking about where, where Warbucks is having that transition. Yeah. Going from hot to or going from uh, cold to, to warm. Yeah. And I don't know, it's not it's not bad. Mhm. It just feels rushed. It is rushed. I did really like in the other version where it shows them you know, wow, this go sounds creepy of me to say, <laughs> where it shows them undressing Annie and tucking her in. Uh, mm-hmm. that part I thought was really cute, you know, and mm-hmm. Warbucks common com- commenting with Grace like, "How did you know how to do that?" Mm-hmm. I thought that stuff was cute and I liked that. Mm-hmm. But yes, after Grace leaves the oh ha the next day after Annie has her uh, night on the town, the next day Hannigan is pissed because Grace came in to tell her that Warbucks wants to adopt that little street rat Annie. Hannigan excuses herself to go scream her head off in rage and comes back to be like, where were we? After Grace leaves the orphanage, we see Rooster and Hotel outside <laughs> and heading in to bug Hannigan for money. But Hannigan is broke too, and so the siblings and Hotel sing about their poor dead mother who's roasting on an open fire in hell, <laughs> and they ask how they're going to get to Easy Street. Turns out, Annie is the key to Easy Street via lying about her parents and shit. Fuck these people. 
ah, these people proceed to go and dance in the street, but it's not easy street. And they're the whole time they're singing, we're gonna be on easy street. And <laughs> yeah. And they, they, uh, I don't know. Like I, I really like Carol Burnett, Bernadette Peters and Tim Curry, but this version, I think it's because it wasn't so drawn out like the 82 version where they decided, okay, we're going to have this number go on for like three minutes. <laughs> this one, it's like, okay, we know this song. You're going to go through this song. We're not going to drag it out. It's going to all keep it the same like energy throughout yeah. it. And yeah. the 82 one, they, the energy's all over the place. It really is all over the place. You're absolutely yeah. right about that. And the energy is more consistent and focused in mm. this version. In and this song, at yeah, least. this song at least. But I and and the and again the actors are great in both versions. Mm-hmm. But I I and I I mean I have a hard time not picking Bernadette Peters. I know, right? So uh, you feel horrible not oh, picking her. Well, I mean, no, that's the thing is like, I ah, it's so conflicting because the 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 rooster in this version does a great job. Show so does Hotel. But then they make some changes later on that I, I oh, don't Oh, yeah. No, later like. on, the changes are meh. Yeah, and and I liked uh, uh, Bernadette Peters' hotel better. Yeah. It just Hers is better than Kristen Chenoweth's. Christ, well, because Kristen Chenoweth's is, is, is such an airhead. Mm-hmm. And granted, Bernadette Peters is an airhead, too. But this other one is like an airhead's airhead. Yeah, the... It, Christian Chenoweth plays an airhead really, really well. Boy, does she. Really well. But she she would be the flanderization in this one. There you go. Yes, Whereas excellent. Excellent. Bernadette point. Peters' Lily St. Regis is a little bit more interesting. Hers is a little bit more balanced. But at the same time, the rooster in that one is very fucking over the top because he's matching Anakin who's also over the top. And it's also Tim Curry. Yeah. Who, who cannot and, dial it back. Tim, Tim Curry, like, and that's the thing, I love Tim Curry. I yes. love Tim yes. Curry. Tim Curry is my man. But yeah, he 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 doesn't necessarily do the subtle no. all that time. No. But Tim Curry is really good in his rooster at playing a fucking sleaze bag. Yes. Like, that's the thing, because he's got, like, the smirk and everything. Like, mm. he just, the way he plays rooster, it's just... Mwah. Alan mm. Cummings has similar to job yeah, too. similar to Kathy Bates. I feel like his, I think that his matches Kathy Bates's Hannigan to where you can see that these two have done this shit before. Like you are absolutely <laughs> right. And Tim Curry's Rooster, uh, when he has his evil moments, it's more explosive. Like mm-hmm. get here, you little rah. Like it's mm-hmm. more, it's more uh, outward explosive. Whereas with with uh, Alan Cummings' rooster, it is much more of premeditated. Yeah, he is. He is. He is evil, and he's planning to be evil. Yeah, like it's not like in the '82 version where they're they're like, "Well, we're gonna get the money, and then fuck, I guess we'll figure it out as we go." The yeah. important part is to get the money. Yeah, but then in the 1999 version, it's like, "Yeah, we're gonna get the money, and then kill the little girl," mm-hmm. and it's yeah. like. Oh. Yeah, he he does, and that's where I feel 
that's where I kind of go with the adult fear versus child fear in them. Because Lily St. Regis is harmless in this version. Because she's fucking dumb. Because she's dumb. And she ends up being the reason that everything fails. Yeah. (laughs) Whereas in the other version, she is on the same playing field. They underestimate her. Like, that's what you feel is that they underestimate her. Whereas with this one, no, they don't have anything to underestimate. And so the balance, if they took Bernadette Peters, Lily St. Regis, and put her in with this trio... Annie would be fucking dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Annie whereas, would be sleeping with the fishes. Yeah, whereas Kristen Chenoweth's fits in more with the two over-the-top Hannigan and Rooster, and hers is just airhead, but, you know, they they would have still been able to... You're absolutely yeah. right. You are yeah, absolutely they, right. Yeah, they needed to trade their lilies. <laughs> Yep. You yeah, that's that's an excellent uh analysis and mm-hmm. I, I think that's that's perfectly accurate. But I, I like the singing in this one better just because they hit the harmonies a little bit better in the song. It's this, a three part harmony, this, damn it. The singing Treat it in this the way. one. Yeah, the singing in this one for the Easy Street song mm-hmm. is is absolutely better. I yeah, I'm not gonna no. Sing your three part harmonies correct, damn it. <laughs> so after the Easy Street song the back at uh, warbucks manor grace brings him his proposal necklace for annie and warbucks tries to propose to be annie's daddy but annie is like you're not my real dad my real dad has the other half of this necklace and warbucks is like well i take rejection surprisingly well and i'm gonna use my vast amount of power and money to help you find your parents and which is the same in the which other was, which one. is the same yeah. it's just a difference of the way they do it because because, like, and it, then again, it's the, it, it is the difference of the character because, you know, 1999's version goes from cold to warm where the other one goes from loud to quiet. And then mm-hmm. when he's like, I'm going to help Annie, everybody, I have a job for each of you to find Annie's parents. Mm-hmm. Where with this one, he's much more like contemporary businessman. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'm going to call my contacts. I'm going to get the FBI involved. Whereas the other. Well, one, and you can see the hurt. It's true. In he, Victor Garbers. He, he is like, I really wanted yeah. this kid. <laughs> he, he, he's a he's a much better emotional actor. Yes. Yes, he... Holy crap, Victor Garbers is a good emotional he actor. Is, yeah. But, you feel yeah. bad for him. Whereas, yeah. like, with the other Warbucks, he's more just like, he takes his hurt and instead he's like, I choose not to feel hurt. Instead, I'm going to be loud and mm-hmm. attack this problem. Yeah, this one is more vulnerable. Yeah, and it, it's it's different too because he has opened himself up to to mm-hmm. show love to this child, mm-hmm. and then this child effectively has rejected him. Yes, and so he has that hurt of like, oh, yeah, and his talking about being an orphan, he gets a little bit more vulnerable in that moment it's not so matter of fact he yeah he's very vulnerable in opening up that he was an orphan too and he he very much too he doesn't like go and then i did this and then i did this and then i did this it's very much like i was an orphan my parents died and he kind of lets it trail a little bit before going on to because you can see that he has emotions Mm -hmm. and that's something I like better about this Warbucks is that he does show 
a little bit more of a range than... And, you know, and I'm thinking about uh, kind of what you talked about with being uh, uh, bombastic and stuff mm-hmm. like that and being flanderized. Um, that Warbucks in 82 is that, too. Like, mm-hmm. that's his thing. He's loud. He's an authoritative businessman. Mm-hmm. And just like Hannigan, he is just to the extreme as his yes. character. Whereas Victor's Hannig- uh, Victor's uh, uh, Warbucks... Warbucks is much more realistic. Yes. Is much more down-to-earth, is much more relatable. Yeah. And it's so interesting to see that with theater actors. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Then again, I think Victor Garber did do a little bit more film acting, too. But it's just interesting to see all these people who have... Who I at least personally know more through Broadway than through film... Versus people who I knew more through film than through Broadway. <laughs> yeah, fair. Acting completely different from what I would have expected. Well put. Okay, so uh, Warbucks is like, I'm going to help you find your parents, Annie. And he then goes to her rich room to write to all the kids at the orphanage about Warbucks helping her find her parents. And she sings a little bit. Back at Warbucks in his office, he's sitting being sad that Annie doesn't want him for a daddy. And it's, it's, it is, it's a, it's like what you're talking about. It's a really good, quiet scene because Mm -hmm. he's sitting in his chair and the way they have the camera, the shot, you know, he's got his arm out a bit and he's just holding the dangling necklace. And I couldn't tell, was it Annie's broken necklace or the new one? I couldn't tell either. Regardless, it still carries the same emotion. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's Annie. He's basically holding a piece of Annie in his hand, you know, uh, uh, wantingly kind of Mm -hmm. thing. And there's the fire in the background. It's a really good shot because you can tell that he, you don't even see his face, but you can tell that he's upset. Yes. He's sad. Yes. And it's just it's a well it's good good shot good job yep. but back at the orphanage the kids are singing that uh the you're never fully dressed without a smile song i know that's wrong <laughs> but how about how about you break off a piece for us Kay? you're never fully dressed without a smile there we go that's what it's like when a competent person sings <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're singing that song and listening to annie on the radio and they hear about the $50,000 reward for her parents to come and claim their child. And the kids in the orphanage do a great dance number, and they're all just fucking adorable. Right. The kid, the orphanage kids in this are better than the mm-hmm. other ones. Nothing against those kids, but I think it's also because there were so fucking many in the 82 mm-hmm. version, where there is just a handful in this yeah. version. So and you're it's able a mixed to, group. And it is a mixed group, and you're able to get more time with mm-hmm. the group yes and so it's it's i just feel like that the the 99 version the ensemble is better yeah it absolutely is so hannigan comes in and is like what the fuck is all the joy about you're <laughs> orphans you have no reason to be happy no one loves you stop smiling <laughs> and the kids are like hannigan hannigan we're here to give you the idea for your evil plan by telling you that warbucks is offering a fuck ton of depression era dollars for annie's parents and Hannigan tells them to get out of our office and go to bed without dinner. After the kids leave, Rooster and Hotel show up to be like, Hey, we was his has this evil plan, and we want to show you how evil we are. 
I'm even gonna pull out my knife and insinuate that I'm gonna kill Annie after we get that money. Cause again, Disney has no problem with this implication of child moita, <laughs> but Hannigan being a drunken whore is completely out of the question. And apparently a black assistant marrying her white boss is too. Yay, Disney! <laughs> Fuck Disney, man. <laughs> so back at the Warbucks Manor, a horde of people claiming to be Annie's parents show up to lie and give sob stories, but none mention the locket or the letter and are phonies. Mm-hmm. Annie gets sad, but doesn't give up hope. And Warbucks sings a song and dances with Annie and tells her that he loves her and he wants to adopt her. And she's like, well, it sucks to suck, I guess. I want my real parents. And Warbucks says that Annie is the pearl to his oyster, but poetic and shit. <laughs> and Annie says that if she can't have her real parents, she'll want to be his daughter. And I I actually really like that song, just but it also is cause dad feelings. Mm. But Well and again, um Victor is very good mm-hmm. at being you know, emotional and like his, yeah. his his transition is more loving and less and not so much quiet. It's the more yeah. loving, and he does a great job. And I'm sitting here thinking about it because it, at first I was like, oh, I wish that this song was in the '82 version, but I don't think Albert Finney could have done it again. Like his his stuff, because when he sings, and I'm even thinking about the the I don't need anyone but you song yeah. later, and I think about the whole thing. I'm poor as a mouse. I'm richer than Midas. Like, he, mm-hmm. he does he does the loud parts really good, mm-hmm. but he doesn't do the, the emotional vulnerable parts yeah. well. Yeah, and that vulnerability is one of my favorite things in the transformation of Daddy Warbucks, more so than loud to quiet, is mm-hmm. the cold and distant to warm and vulnerable. Yeah, and. Yeah. Victor Garber does such a fucking good job. He does. Holy fuck. He absolutely does. <laughs> and that song is one of those ones that I have trouble with sometimes because it makes me feel feelings. But <laughs> Feelings? <laughs> and I don't want to feel feelings all the no! time. But God damn, it's a good song. And when it's done well, it's done really well. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. From just the, the small examples I've seen, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So after Annie says, yeah, she'll be his daughter, I guess, Warbucks <laughs> is giddy like a schoolboy and is like, let's blow the roof off this bitch and tells Grace <laughs> to organize a massive Christmas party. And Annie and Warbucks sing the I don't need anyone but you song. And it's very good in this. And uh, I, even if I cannot see Warbucks as not being Lex Luthor in this version, like... I liked the gruff, always yelling version of Warbucks from 1982, and I do like this version as well, but I just can't not see Victor as a villain in this. He just, <laughs> I look at him and I'm just like, no, Annie, run, get Lois Lane, tell her to get Superman. Lex Luthor's gonna do something bad to you. You're just being adopted as part of his evil plan to harness the love of an orphan for his Superman killing laser. Run! Like... Help it. The like, heart of a forsaken child? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I need to get an orphan to love me so that I can cut out their still beating heart and put it in my new Superman killing robot. Like, 
It's just, <laughs> I see that with him. And I think part of that is because of how good of an actor Victor is that I can, that when I look at him and I don't trust him because he's bald, uh, <laughs> I get the feeling of just like, you're up to something. What are you trying to do, bald man? You want to do something with this child. I don't believe you actually love them. I don't think it is. There's a new shirt. I don't trust you because you're bald. <laughs> don't trust bald people. Warren, <laughs> tone deaf. July 26th, 2021. <laughs> uh, anyways, the judge comes in after the song to be like, I'm here to proceed over your adoption. And before things can begin, the butler comes in to be like, Sir, two corn people are here to lie about Annie and present false evidence and steal your money and murder the child. <laughs> Shall I show them in, sir? <laughs> and he does, and we get a far... Okay, I don't know if you and I are going to disagree on this, but I'm mm. totally open to it. It's mm -hmm. We get a far less convincing performance in this version, and I do not believe for a minute that Annie would not recognize Hannigan in this disguise. I could believe it more in the other version because it was mm -hmm. two people Annie had no way of ever knowing or seeing at any point. But come on, she's lived with Hannigan her whole life. Yeah. This is dumb, minus 10 points from Gryffindor. I agree. Okay. I well, agree, because it's one of those things where... Yeah, you recognize things about people. And yeah, body language, yeah. demeanor. And the thing, too, is it's just like, come on, the f she's wearing a wig. It's yeah, not and like that's she, it. It's not like her face looks any different. She yeah. has glasses yeah. on, and she's covering it with a hanky, but she's, like, also looking, you know. Yeah. And there's times that the two make eye contact. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know how Annie... And Annie does... We, it is obvious that Annie gets vibes. You yeah, can tell. she gets vibes. But at the same time, it's like, I don't want to go with these people. They mean me bad. They mean yeah. me harm. Yeah, and it's like, it's where the whole thing hinges on the locket with this. Mm -hmm. Because without the locket, then there's no reason for Annie to trust this. Because as far as Annie knows, her Miss Hannigan doesn't have the other half of the locket. And that's the only way that this is even the slightest bit believable. That yeah. Annie would go with her. Yeah. Because otherwise it's like, nah, you were abused every day for <sighs> 11 years by a person. You recognize their face. Well, and they're they're rougher with Annie when yeah. they're trying to like lead her away. Whereas Tim Curry and, mm. and uh, Bernadette Peters, they were much better at faking that yes. gentleness. That, oh my gosh, we're yes. so happy to see you. They were much better at doing that and like quietly and softly trying to escort her out. Yeah. Whereas the others are just like death grip, like, come on, mm -hmm. Annie. And that's where if Bernadette Peters had been, if Bernadette Peters Lily was the Lily in this one. Annie would be dead. Annie would be dead. <laughs> Annie would be dead and the trio would be in Atlantic City living on yes. Easy Street. Yes. Well, actually, no, they probably would have blown all their money in like a couple of months and then be, I don't know. Yeah, they would be right back to where they started. But, yeah. But there would be a dead Annie. There would be a dead Annie. <laughs> but there would be a dead Annie. There would be one less orphan in the world. <laughs> that That's, everything hinges on that Lily actor. Yeah. With it. Because, yeah. Because yeah. otherwise, if, if you have a competent Lily St. Regis... <laughs> Who isn't an airhead? 
Mm-hmm. Then you have she told, the she, whole I, I plan. I didn't even mention it. She had that voice, and that I can, for some reason, do very, very well. And I am very uncomfortable with how well I can do <laughs> this voice. And I, I'm not saying that Kirsten Chenoweth's Lily St. Regis is incompetent. It's more that the way that they have her act, the character, yeah. is an airhead. Yeah, so she's an he, airhead character. Yeah, she can't be used in this charade. She can't, she can't be used in the charade because she's bad at deceit and she can't mm-hmm. play the part and she keeps fumbling the lines. Yeah. And so that's the thing. That's Whereas why it's Hannigan doing it. Whereas the Bernadette Peters one, uh-huh. you see her immediately from the get-go being like, and I'm stealing shit and I'm uh-huh. doing a good job with it and I've got this <laughs> whole routine down yep. and I'm actually a lot smarter than I look. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Kirsten Chenoweth one is an idiot. <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So after the far less convincing performance, uh, as the lying liars who lie try to take Annie, Warbucks is like, well, I'd like to have Annie spend Christmas with us so you can pick up your dirty, dirty blood money in the morning. <laughs> and Annie, uh, and Annie See, and, oh yeah, pick up your dirty, dirty blood money and Annie in the morning. Your thirty pieces of silver. <laughs> her fake <laughs> wrong par- movie. Yeah, her fake parents leave, and getting uh, and after getting a toast from Warbucks and his group to Annie, like to what was it to Annie Mudge or mm-hmm. whatever, Annie runs upstairs and cries in her very comfy and elaborate rich person room, and she gets sung to by Grace, and Grace sings the Tomorrow mm. song mm. and does a great job. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting here like Annie. You don't have to go. You really don't. They left you at an orphanage and you're being adopted. You do not have to go with the creepy the creepy people who give you bad vibes. Mm-hmm. Cuz that's the thing you see the um, you see the discomfort in Annie's face yeah. in this version where in the yeah. other one it's more just like disbelief like, "Oh." Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're not what I pictured, but like, yeah. "Oh, okay." Where in this one she's just like I get real bad Mm -hmm. vibes, dude. Mm -hmm. And Sandy is just like... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, the next morning, the lying liars who lie show up and are super fucking suspicious. Like, fuck, are they suspicious? This version falls so flat and so... Mm -hmm. Just so not as good compared to the 1982 version in this part. For me. This is where Mm -hmm. the version really starts to fall apart. Yeah. Yeah. So Hotel got stuck watching the orphanage while Hannigans, while the Hannigans go do their con. And Hotel ends up spilling the con beans to the orphans (laughs) who are like, let's go save Annie. And they do. When the lying liars who lie are trying to leave with the money, Hotel shows up to be like, I'm here to make sure you don't ditch out on me and make me take the fall for your schemes, rooster. And the con and the con siblings try to make a break for it, but get caught. And then there's this part with Hannigan pleading her case to Annie, being all, Tell him how good I've always been to you. Tell him how good I do for you. Do it. Do it. Tell them. And Annie gives a reprise of the line from earlier with the, The one thing you always taught us was not to lie. And Hannigan calls Annie a gold digger. (laughs) And blah, blah, blah. And the bad guys get arrested. Mm-hmm. The president tells Annie that her parents are dead, and the president says he's going to make sure that all the orphans get adopted by good families. Merry Christmas, Annie. You're an orphan. <laughs> You're an orphan. Annie. Merry fucking Christmas. <laughs> and all the orphans, uh, 
hug the president, and they go and open presents under the tree. Warbucks proposes to Grace, and the happy family sings the uh, I don't need anything, anything, anything but you song. And then the end. Roll credits. And I agree with you on the ending. The ending does fall flat in this one because... It's almost like they went, oh shit, we only have 20 minutes. That's exactly right! That's exactly right! It's kind of like the, the, they were directing, they were like, ah, oh, shit, guys, we really only have 20 minutes to cram 40 minutes worth of mm-hmm. script. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it also ends up taking out another good song from the stage version, because the last song in the stage version is different than what it is in this. What is it? It's called New Deal for Christmas, and it's a very fun little song with FDR and the orphans and it's, it's we're gonna put you to work in the national parks digging roads and making trails <laughs> and it's it's just <laughs> I just pictured a bunch of orphans in Yellowstone and like Penny getting taken away by a bear like <laughs> Duffy falls into yeah. prismatic yeah one of them gets butted by a, a bison and goes flying into a hot spring <laughs> I'm a horrible person, and I'm okay with it. I feel bad for the hot spring, though, because that throws off the bacterial balance. But <laughs> Lousy orphan corrupting the microbiology of the environment. God. Deaths in Yellowstone, Chapter 1. Anyway, um, <laughs> the, uh, the ending is rushed, and uh, that's where, because I agree, it does fall apart at that ending, because you have all these really nice moments leading up to it and then the ending just kind of is meh. yeah it's, it's kind of a cascading yeah. series of events that are really shoehorned into a single room yeah like you know rather than them taking parts and taking place in different areas it's really mm-hmm. just this one main room yeah and when the and like the, the, the bad guys being suspicious as fuck when they show up because mm-hmm. they're very much like uh, come on, Annie. Come on. Uh, let's mm-hmm. go. You got the check. You got the money. You got the money. Give me the money. Come on, Annie. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's very, it's not quite like that, but it's in it's that. closer it, yeah. to that. Like, and you're just sitting here, just whereas uh, uh, it's just so much better in the other version mm-hmm. because they do the whole like, hi, we're your parents. And then Warbucks takes them aside, you know, and Annie is getting ready to leave and stuff. And then yeah. the family comes back and takes Annie out mm-hmm. and they do the much better. Oh, come on, Annie. We're so happy we found you. You know, mm-hmm. they, they, they're they better at being quiet and manipulative where these guys are just like, holy shit, I hope they don't know that we're lying. Shit, did we say that out loud? Like, yeah, yeah. And again, if you would have kept Lily as, <laughs> if you would have had Bernadette Peters Lily, Annie would be dead. Annie would be dead. <laughs> and that's that's the lesson that we take away from the two different Annies. Yeah. Is Bernadette Peters Lily could have led to Annie dying. dying. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. like, with Tim Curry's, I don't know, I feel like Tim Curry's rooster is too explosive to well, make things like actually end. work. Yeah, at the end. He is too explosive but, to make it work. But because of his con man stuff, he's really good yeah. when he's in the con. Yeah. It's, but as soon as it falls apart, he's Yeah, and that's when too... and that's when you get the whole Carol Burnett being like, oh no, he's gonna kill Annie! And she has her one moment mm-hmm. of, like, moral clarity. Yeah, which I do like that Kathy Bates, Miss Hannigan, also gets hers because oh, yeah. it's like, nah, she, oh, she yeah. needs to go away for a long yeah, time. Yeah, no, no. No, no, yeah, she needs to go away. 
absolutely. I, I, I that is one thing that I never liked about the eighty-two version, version yeah. is that she gets off. Not like, yeah. Not only does she get yeah. off, but Punjab probably gets her off too. Yeah, yeah. And I don't like that. <laughs> Whereas with this, it's like nah. The bad guys are all wrapped up. People in get their come up as, yep. yeah. Sometimes, somewhat literally for Miss Hannigan as she gets straight jacketed <laughs> out. But it's it's just it's I don't know. It's very interesting if they had had more than just an hour and a half. I feel like the ending could have been they could have paced more solid. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And just judging from how the beginning is. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And one thing that I, I do kind of want to talk about very briefly is that I am very glad to see multiple versions of the same show uh, because I take away different things from each version. And I, I, I really like it because there were things that I liked about the 82 version and there are things I like about the 1999 version. I don't find either version to be uh, uh, perfect in any regards. But I enjoy seeing different representations. And it, and it makes me excited again to watch the 2014 version because I already, you know, I remember enjoying that one. But again, to see yet another version, another representation in its own uh, ecosystem, its own universe with its own differences. And I like that. I really like that aspect of our show when we get to see multiple versions of the same thing. You look like you're about to cry. You've just made me the happiest person in the world. I knew there was a reason that we were meant for each other. Oh my god. I kid you guys not. As I'm talking, I'm watching tears well in Kay's eyes. Wow. Because that's why I love theater. Is it's different every time. Oh my god, I love you. I love you. <laughs> You just made me the happiest non-binary in the world. Oh, <laughs> and here I thought marriage was the answer. Well, that too. I'll take that ring back, thanks. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, yeah. So, uh, so why don't we? Yeah. So I think uh, I think we should uh, we should wrap up and uh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Next week's gonna be the 2014 version. Yes. and I'm actually excited to hear about some of the uh, pre-production but, stuff with that one. Absolutely, and I'll try not to go into the internet comments on that one because it'll uh, make us angry. God damn it! <laughs> uh, just could you okay, imagine yeah, yeah, if yeah. the mm, internet mm, had mm, been mm. the way it was in '99 mm, for this one yeah. though? Is going to bite my tongue? Is going to bite my tongue? Because I want to go back to Twitter eventually, and I need to be better about being less confrontational with fucking Nazis, because... I'll bite that tongue. Someday, Twitter will get its head out of its ass and be like, you know what? No, you're right. Fuck Nazis. You know, I agree. Freedom of speech, except for you fucking assholes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyways. But yeah, no, next week gonna be hitting the 2014 version and we'll see uh which version is the best Danny yes. to Warren. Depending on how long that episode is, we'll try and do a a uh uh well actually we'll have to we don't I don't think we'll be able to do a 
fourth episode that's a recap of all three. I think we'll just yeah, we'll, we'll just we'll just do it in the next one so that we can move on to more musicals. Boy, we have a lot of musicals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are a lot that exist, and the fact that you are okay seeing multiple versions <laughs> of things seriously made my fucking day. Yay! <laughs> I can get into it off mic about why that made my fucking day. But <laughs> I got bonus husband points. You did get bonus husband points. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Yes. If you'd like to reach out to Kay and myself, you can do so at our home base, which is ToneDeafMusical.com. There we have links to all of our social medias, our Instagrams, our Facebooks, our uh, Twitters, as well as a link to the Cast Junkie Discord server where we have our own Not Safe for Work channel. Please come in and uh, talk to us and say, what what's your favorite version of Annie? Yeah, what is your favorite version of Annie? And if you would like to help out the show, you can do so by going to iTunes, Podchaser, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, and leaving a five-star review. Those really help us out with moving up the charts, getting more more views on us, uh, share us around. Uh, if you're sharing us with friends and family, though, please be sure to let them know that our show is explicit. <laughs> After episode 24. After episode 24, it gets explicit. Well, no, no. On episode 24. Yeah, yes. Right. Spider-Man is the one that broke me. Yeah, Spider-Man broke Warren. But uh, the Black Theater History episodes, those ones can be shared with everybody. Um, but, you know, just warn people. <laughs> <laughs> I have the show I want to introduce you to, but I gotta warn you. <laughs> I gotta warn you. There's, There's his... Richard humor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he gets killed off, but his ghost lingers on. <laughs> uh, like an STD. You may not see him, but he's still there. <laughs> uh, if you want to go above and beyond, you can do so by going to our Patreon, which is Tone Deaf Musical. You can also go to our Tee Public, where you can get t-shirts, masks. Please get masks. Uh... <laughs> yeah. You know what? Kay, Kay and I are both vaccinated, and we still wear masks. Yeah, so... yeah. Because my, my immune system is that of a newborn kitten. Mm. So... <laughs> so, you know, protect folks like me out there who, even though we're vaccinated, we're still fucking scared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, you know, wear a mask. Uh, be safe out there. Thank you all again so much for listening. That'll be it for this week. I'm Kay. I'm Warren. And this has been Tone Deaf. And then I need to figure out a way to get more Audra McDonald into our life because a lot of the shows that she did aren't too late. So that's the only way I can get them. Oh, they, oh sorry, I thought you said they aren't too late. They're bootleg ones. And then just another of- example. Broadway, they need to just fucking film like the last production or something. Yeah, and make it available. Oh my god, if they watch. Would, if they would film closing nights of shows, those are some of the most electric nights.